Off you go. Oh, I can't do it. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong. I just can't. Seriously. I don't know if I can. Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Welcome to Single Minded, where we are flipping the script on not only being single, but also our intro. Because whenever I'm introduced and I say, hello, Hannah, you laugh at me. So today I am your host. <laughs> I'm your host, Linda Curtis, and this is my daughter. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Linda. Good work. Good work. I got there in the end. And actually, funnily enough, my brother-in-law, so my sister's husband, said that he would listen to the whole of Single Minded if you also did the whole interview. And you just sat there silently. And I said, is that true, Linda? Do you want to do the whole interview? And you're like, I I don't mind. It's funny because when I listen back, I do have a different, like I might come up with some different questions in my head. It's funny. Yeah. So on today's episode, the background to this guest, her name is Emma, and she contacted me on Instagram. We're both single, both in our early 30s, both professionals. She may be slightly more professional than you. Yes, she's a lawyer. So I actually studied a year of law. Mum wanted me to be a lawyer. Instead, she got a co-host on a podcast. So I think you're happier with my career choices now that it's all over. Very happy. You weren't happy when I quit law. Slightly disappointed? I don't want to say that. Majorly disappointed. Okay. (laughs) Will that do? That'll do. Anyway, so her and I started chatting and she has this thing on her Instagram called Budget Bachelorette. And so she's basically running her own bachelorette on her Instagram. And I looked through all of the stories, there's hundreds of them, and I just couldn't stop laughing. She's so funny and her dating stories really inspired me because she's totally making a game of it. And I said to her, this is the content that we need in 2021. Linda, you don't understand the demoralization of online dating apps. So what I wanted to do today was Emma has actually shared quite a lot of profiles on her Instagram and I thought I'd read them out to you and see what you think of of what we're dealing with. The profiles on which app are we on? She's on Hinge and she's on Tinder. Okay. Does she need some help with her profile? (laughs) No, I actually... I like her profile and I, I really like her responses and she's she's definitely forward, which I think is great, but I want to read some of these guys that she's that okay. she's come across. Okay. So this guy's profile says, I'm looking for someone to share my past with. Eating it alone is getting cannelloni. <laughs> I don't mind that. Okay. All right. So the next one. So this guy says, the one thing I'd love to know about you is I will always be able to pick you up in Sydney and ride you where you want and be the safest and most reliable. And then she like wrote on the caption, I think this guy got confused with his (laughs) Uber profile. (laughs) Because I'm not sure what ride he is talking about. So the next one is Mitch. His profile says, I like my women like I like my COVID. 19 and easy to catch. Oh, no. No, 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 yeah. no, no. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay, this this one really, really hit me and I was like, oh, my God, I hate dating apps. Okay. 
So this guy, his profile says, living in a hotel until Dan lets me back to Melbourne. Prefer to meet for a drink than a crew pen pals. If you've already had Botox by age 30, swipe left. Vapid isn't my thing. Forget it. I mean, honestly. Anyway, her little comment on that was, sweetie, just because someone takes pride in their appearance doesn't mean they're vapid. Unfortunately for you, you're neither attractive nor very nice. (laughs) (laughs) So can you snap back at people? Yeah, you, you can. Mm. But anyway, I want to I want to read you the next one. So she matched with this guy called Jay and she goes, all right, Jay, you get to choose. Number one, compliment. Number two, dad joke. Number three, I roast you. And he wrote back, I choose number four, send nudes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, send nudes. I, I think I know what that is. Yes, send nude photos. Are these, though, are they all serious? Is yep. This- This is what you're dealing with. This is what we're dealing with. I've got another one. I'll know I found the one when a woman of virtue, true femininity, smiles, waiting for marriage, going on adventures, at peace with herself, perfect love cast out all fear. I mean, what the fuck? I think it's a joke. A woman of virtue. It couldn't be serious. I don't think you understand that these are serious. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) My simple pleasures, a quick wank and a bowl of crunchy nut. No, 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 no. Okay, I've got another one. Together we could kiss at the KFC on Prince's Highway. Oh, that's probably, that's a joke. That's like you and your mac and cheese. (laughs) That's okay. Okay, well. I'd go out with him. He's my pick. (laughs) Although I don't eat chicken and neither do you. Anyway, that is what we're dealing with. Emma has such a great story and it's a bit of fun and I really hope that it gets people excited about kind of the the ups and downs that dating is so I guess the moral of the story is to have a bit more fun with it I'm very excited to introduce, this is my first interview with a listener and I would like to introduce Emma. Her Instagram is Emmy Pens. The reason we started chatting was because you have started an amazing initiative on your Instagram called Budget Bachelorette, which I'll let you talk about. And I said to you, this is the content we need in 2021. And I really wanted to hear all about it. And also, I think it'll inspire some of the listeners to think outside the box and start doing some crazy dating in 2021, I hope. So tell me about yourself. All right. So my name's Emma. I pretty much go by M unless I'm in trouble. I'm (laughs) 30. I am a lawyer. I work in Sydney. And I started this budget bachelorette or the people's bachelorette journey in early December. I just felt like I needed to sort of shake up my attitude to dating and to sort of inject a bit of fun into the whole process. I mean, essentially I was in a relationship from when I was 21 to 28. And so I used to be one of those people that was like, let me play on your Tinder. (laughs) And, you know, since splitting up with my partner when I was 28, I dabbled a little bit here and there in dating and then you know, got to being the person that's like, oh God, I'm on the, like, I'm on the apps, which I think tends to carry a little bit of a sort of, not a, I don't want to say it's a stigma, but the people who are using them feel a certain way about them that the people who are in relationships and never have just don't really get. And that used to be me. It's a bit of an in-joke, isn't it? Because you start to notice patterns of behavior and patterns in profile pictures and it's, 
only people that have prolifically used dating apps really understand how dire it can be. Absolutely. (laughs) And so I think at first it's a bit exciting. You can see all the possibilities with all the different people because, I mean, that's one of the great benefits of dating apps is that you just get exposed to a whole lot of different people that you wouldn't ordinarily get exposed to in your sort of circle of friends and friends of friends and particularly as you get older I think your circles tend to close off a little bit more and you don't tend to meet people outside of those circles Mm, yeah look even 2020 has shown us that sometimes you're just not going to meet anyone at all because you're stuck inside the house so you know it really started as a little bit of a joke you're a bit nervous putting it up on your Instagram initially, like even for me, and I am known as like data, <laughs> even I'd be a bit nervous. Like you've totally inspired me. I want to try something like this. But were you a little bit nervous at the start? Um, Not nervous. I mean, I'm a pretty open person and I'm happy to be an open book. And I think the best thing we can do with these things is start a conversation. So, I mean, essentially what I did just by everyone listening is I sort of took a whole bunch of photos of myself and I said to my followers, hey, everyone, it's time to start a bit of a game. I'm going to run my own budget bachelorette. If you know anyone or if you, you know, have ever wanted to go on a date with me yourself, reach out. I think it's just about flipping the sort of conversation from dating in your late 20s, early 30s is trash to changing the attitude towards it and I had so much support from my friends and people following me saying this is great I love it you know please keep me updated and so then I opened up my close friends followers to being sort of the followers of the people's bachelorette journey and sort of it sort of started from there and the response has been so good everyone is really supportive of either A, understanding how shitty online dating can be, but also sort of encouraging, you know, when you're sort of in that slump and you're getting a bit of, you know, swipe fatigue or, Mm. you know, you meet somebody and you think they're really cool and then they they end up being a bit of a weirdo. Or they ghost you. (laughs) Or they ghost you, which happened to me recently with a guy that I really liked. We had a great date. Yeah, it was really fun and I thought he was a cool guy. I mean, you know, just for everyone listening, like the next morning he made my bed. Oh, I saw <laughs> that on your – so I just wanted to let all the listeners know on my Instagram I'm going to repost some of my favourites if that's okay with you, Emma, because it's course. a very visual It's a very visual story as well. But I saw there was a guy that made your bed. That seemed really promising. Yeah, I thought so and – then we went out for breakfast like I've never gone out for breakfast as a morning date following an evening date and we messaged for a couple of days and then just radio silence after about Mm. four or five days it's on whatsapp so I can see he hasn't even opened them so like yeah like blocked me or archiving (laughs) me straight away and I was like I've had that happen yeah I thought we had something does he have you on Instagram no apparently doesn't use Instagram no okay because I was gonna say what happens with ghosts is they disappear and then they watch your Instagram stories forever. Oh, I've decided now I'm going to block anyone who ghosts me, I'm going to block their access to me. And so my <laughs> philosophy on this is I'll be respectful with what I share. So the kinds of things that I share will be 
snippets of conversations. I try and give everyone a pseudonym. Yep. I'll share details about who they are and what the conversation's like. I get people to weigh in on if I'm choosing between two guys to go on a date with, picking what to wear. But I, I'm also determined to be respectful about what I share in terms of if they're respectful to me, I will be respectful to them. But if they ghost me or do something else shitty, then I'm happy to share that with the followers because that's all part of it. And I think at least either sharing with the people who have never used dating apps what the experience is and also I have now a couple of followers who are friends of friends who said, oh, I have a single friend. I was explaining to them what you're doing. Can they follow you? And so I think it's quite encouraging to have a sort of little band of people who understand the goods and the bads of online dating. Mm. I know um, you had people send in recommendations. So did you do any blind dates? I did. I did. And I think, I mean, not to say that it's a bad thing. I didn't feel any sort of connection with them that would lead me to want to go on a second date. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people say, oh, like recommendations are where it's at, but I don't know that recommendations are any better. It feels like the circle is so small because I know heaps of single guys, but I also don't think I would recommend those single guys to my single friends. So I don't necessarily think that a recommendation is better. And it was really fun. So the, the one I went on last week, he knew about the bachelorette journey. He turned up with a flower. <laughs> he was really keen. He said, I want to know what's going on. I want to win. And he was really sweet. We had <laughs> such fun time and I was really hung over the day after. You know, as long as you go into either these blind dates or sort of dating app dates with a sort of open mind and an understanding that you're just going to meet a new person and you'll probably have fun. And if you don't have fun, you'll at least have a good story out of it. I think that's oh, yeah. like what's changed my attitude towards it. As part of this journey, you had committed to one date a week. I, yes. I feel like you might be doing more than that based on the stories that I'm seeing. <laughs> so I did, do, I did do two dates in one day last week because over the Christmas break, I sort of not like ran out of time, but you know, it was a bit tricky with all the like family and friends thing happening over Christmas. So I ended up doing two dates in one day, wow. one in the morning and one in the evening. I don't know that I would do that again. I was so tired by the time it got to the second date. And it's also a lot of emotional and sort of mental energy to explain who you are and what makes you tick and try and get that social battery going. So doing that twice in one day. Mm. I mean, the first one in the morning was, it was probably the most interesting date I've ever been on. It's not the skinny dipping date because I want to no, ask this you about is the that. Skin- ah, let's hear about the skinny dipping. <laughs> like you were naked the first time you met. Yeah. Look, that's not <laughs> abnormal. But From the outset of the beginning of the day, that's a bit yeah, that's, abnormal. Yeah, that's what's a bit out there, yeah. Basically the way that this arose, because most people are like, how do you get to skinny dipping on the first date? And so this guy's pseudonym is Percy because mm-hmm. he's 34 and he had his private school on his Hinge profile. Oh, no. And I was like, 
when I was describing him in my stories, I was describing him, him as private school Percy because I was like, I'm sorry, I just, you've been out of school for longer than you've been in school. Why is your high school on your profile? One of his prompts was, I know the best spot for beach chills, no wind, great views. And my response to that in liking him was, and when are we going? And so the chat started and he said, well, it's actually a clothing optional beach. How do you feel about that? I said, I mean, I'm open to it. We had barely chatted. I think, you know, sometimes with guys you just can launch into really good conversation. But this guy was just pretty much like, all right, so we'll go tomorrow. And I said, you know, knowing that I had a date in the evening, I was like, all right, tomorrow morning, 6.30. Oh, my god! So it was a nude beach in Watson's Bay. It's called Lady Bay Beach or Lady Jane Beach. If anyone wants to go, it's a really nice little beach. Better for sunsets rather than sunrises because there was no sun, which made it a little cold. But, yeah, we just rocked up and got our gear off and went for a skinny dip. Was anyone else there? No, because it was so early in the morning that, blessedly, we were the only ones. Did you have a naked pash in the sea? I didn't even touch him. He was so (laughs) awkward. (laughs) Why would an awkward guy organise a skinny dipping date? Well, some of my followers were like, oh, that's pretty brazen from a a guy, you know, a daytime skinny dipping date. And I can tell you that he had one big reason why he would (laughs) organise a skinny dipping date. It was just a little peek, but there was a reason. I think anyone listening can read between the lines with that one. Yeah, but he was really awkward. So, yeah, we didn't even touch And I roasted him about having his private school on his profile. Oh, how did that go down? Well, guess whose profile no longer has their high school on it. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) And I didn't message him after the date and he didn't message me. I think it was a sort of mutual acknowledgement that it was really a funny, fun morning, but I don't think either of us felt that kind of zing about it. Do you think the fact that you share everything and it's now about having a good story to tell, do you think you're more likely to be open to dates like that now that there's kind of like a reason and you're able to share about it with your community that you're building? Yeah, definitely. I think if you'd asked me before this, what's your ideal date? I would have said going for drinks at a bar where you can do rounds because I don't yes. like that whole wallet dance about who's taking the bill. I find Same. That is so awkward. And I'm a modern woman. I want to share it. Yes. You know, the whole like I just don't, I don't like that. And you're like, uh, sh- do, do I do I p- try to pull it out? And then he goes, no. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I went on a date to a bar. He was one of one of the candidates and it, I just, I didn't like him and I felt a little bit awkward and I ended up just paying the whole bill and I didn't like that either. Yeah. You know, so before this, I would have said my ideal date is drinks at a bar, eating is too intimate on a first date and go from there. Now I'm a bit more like, well, activities kind of force you to, I think, it it almost gets to the root of the guy's intention a bit quicker because if a guy just wants a one-night stand or just wants to hook up with you, 
they're less likely to be like, yeah, skinny dip or yeah, yeah driving range or that's my next. I really want to go to a driving <laughs> range. That's the next one I'm going for. But, yeah, it's kind of flipped the attitude to what an ideal date is because I think, like, I really enjoyed the skinny dipping date, notwithstanding that I didn't want to see him again and I, I didn't think he wanted to see me again. But I think we get so caught up in doing things that are comfortable to mm. us. Yeah. And, you know, you find your comfort zone with your routine and like, oh, I like this bar, so we'll go to this bar, but then you end up always going to that bar. And I think sometimes not same process, same outcome, but at least if you shake it up a little bit, you know, there is a chance that something might be a little bit different. It could be a disaster, but it could also not be. So it's definitely changed my attitude to it. Like to me, you're unable to get to know someone on like a deeper level if all you do is you get a bit tipsy and then you make out. Like I'm done with that. Like I've done enough of that. Definitely. And, you know, you go either one of two ways. If you're not feeling it, then a drinking evening date, you have to try a little bit harder to like a rebuff an unwanted kiss if maybe that's not Mm. what you want. And if what you do want is to date somebody longer term, I think, yeah, by doing like a daytime activity date, you are kind of weeding out the guys that Mm. might seem great, but that's all that they're looking for. So Mm. I totally agree with that. And now I think that's getting myself out of my comfort zone, but it's also sort of eliminating a number of guys from contention if they're just yeah going to come in and do the dash afterwards Mm. and I'm determined also to sort of not engage in that crappy dating culture myself like now I have drafted in my notes a skeleton let down text message rejection text message yeah yeah because you know no one likes to do that it's not nice to be on the end of having to be the person who let somebody else down but it is so much worse being on the other end, being ghosted when you're like, I don't understand. It was a good day. Like for yeah. me, what's happened? So I think in cutting out the possibility of of having to do that beforehand, because if you go on a day date sometimes, like with what happened with the skinny dipping guy, like we clearly had no chemistry. I didn't even touch him. Then neither of us messaged each other after the date you get to that mutual acknowledgement and Mm. no one has to go through that process of like, Mm. oh, I'm letting you down. I did see on your stories today you had a guy that was really honest. I have been avid, like I'm so obsessed with these stories. (laughs) This is what I've gained from seeing these kinds of stories is what I've realised is that we all think that our dating lives are like very uniquely bad Everyone is going through the same thing. Totally. It's all the same. So you got this message from, you've called him David. He wrote you a message saying that he is recently single. He's not looking to jump into anything serious, but he's not looking for a quick hookup or a one night stand. So that really means he's just looking for something casual. So he said, if you're cool with that, we should go for a drink sometime. Let me know. And you wrote, you posted it to your stories and said, thoughts on this? Well, I want to know, what what are your thoughts on it? Well, I'm in kind of two camps about this. In one camp, when I started this Bachelorette campaign, I made a promise to myself that I would not lock myself down before the end of summer. So that's Mm -hmm. December, January, February of at least dating. And so on one hand, it suits me because 
you know, I'm not immediately looking for something serious. But I also think that without meeting him and understanding a little bit more about what his story is, like whether his position is I'm not immediately looking for something right now or, you know, I'm literally going through a divorce and I don't have the mental capacity to go into, you know, there's so, mm. so much more background to it. But at the same time, you get that little like twinge in you where you go like, oh, why should, why would I bother then? I don't want to fall into this trap where a guy could use that against me and turn around and say, oh, but I told you I wasn't looking for anything serious. Mm. So, I mean, I don't know. I like the honesty. I really liked the honesty in that. Uh, yeah. I would just be like intrigued to go to find out more. I think that's where I'm at. And so yep. I did, I ended up giving him my number after that message and he's texted me last night and I haven't replied yet just because I've been busy. I've been yes. really busy. It's actually <laughs> not a- playing games, just busy. I'm not, I'm not playing games. <laughs> I looked at it and I was like, I'll reply. Yeah. When I have a second. But yeah, I think, you know, if, if somebody's being honest with you like that, you have to take it at face value. And I think I like to see the good in people and hope that that's, you know, a genuine thing. And I would much rather somebody say that before you go and meet up with for them for a drink, rather than you go and you meet up and you have a really good time. And you kind of, once you've met, that's when the like cogs start to turn about whether or not something good's going to happen. And I would much rather them say it before the first date than after the first date where they say, turn around and message you and say, I had a really good time, but like, oh, it's probably worth mentioning. I'm not looking for something, but you're already like, you've met them yeah. and you've already like started to kind of form that connection. So I think it's harder after the fact to yeah. take that news in. Whereas you can go in and be a little bit guarded if they've already let you know that they're not looking for something serious up front. I'll hear all about it on your stories. Can't wait. Yeah. So what is the best and worst budget bachelorette dates you've had so far? I think if if I look at it in isolation and not with the conduct before and after, the best date was I called this guy my wild card because, and this was a concept that a friend had explained to me that another friend of hers was doing, is that once a month she would pick somebody from a dating app who she ordinarily wouldn't go on a date with for whatever reason. Oh, I like love their this. job or their looks or like what had happened on the apps and go on a date with them. So this guy, all he had in his hinge profile were, he, so he was covered in tattoos he had a septum piercing and a nose piercing and his ears pierced and all of his prompts were to do with heroin. Oh my God. Like <laughs> just a lot. Like jokes or he really uses heroin? No, no, jokes. But I, oh. I found this out afterwards because I said right. to him, what kind of girl, what kind of matches do, do you get? Yeah. And he said it just kind of weeds out all the shitheads, to be honest. And I was like, that's true. But we had really good like fun banter for like a week and then we went on a date and it was my classic going to my favorite bar where you can buy rounds and it's a really good atmosphere and it's walking distance from my house and we had a really fun time and I gave him a piggyback ride home and then the next morning he made my bed and we went out to breakfast and it was really fun and if that's where it had ended 
that would be a great story. But then he ended up ghosting me like a couple of days later. Mm. So like you get you get the good and the bad. So it was the most fun date. So I've got one more question for you, which is, I mean, everyone has like loves to hate dating apps. So what do you like about it and what do you like really hate about it? I mean, it's so easy to do. I think it's it makes it really accessible, online dating does. I am trying to be a bit intentional with the time that I spend on them because I know that they can be such a time suck and sometimes you're just not even looking at the guys and you're just swiping left. So I'm trying to be a bit intentional. But, I mean, they do make it so accessible. And a lot of people that I know are in long-term relationships with people in the sort of circles we grew up with. And it really does allow you to sort of date outside your circle. You know, you might swipe across to somebody who's just moved to Sydney. There is plenty of English tradies. (laughs) You like the English tradies and I like the Italians. They're my kryptonite. I can't help it. It's just they get me a tattered up <laughs> British man who lives in Bondi. Yeah. <laughs> can't help it. Uh, and so funny. I think at the same time the things that make it good in that it's accessible and that it's easy are also what make it bad. You know, it's so easy to just stop replying to somebody and it's so easy to ghost and it's so easy just to have like meaningless conversation with no intention of, of taking it anywhere forward. And so I think that's the worst thing about it is that sometimes you might feel like you're having a really good chat with somebody or as soon as you start to like agitate to meet up and then they start getting weird because they never intended to kind of do that thing. I think that's the worst thing about it. But I keep trying to remind myself that I am on the dating apps and good people that I know are on the dating apps. Like there are good people out there using them. And so sometimes it's just a little bit of work, I think, to match with the people who you're going to be compatible with and to chat and meet up with the people who are actually suited to you. And I think that goes back to the thing about being intentional with your time. And I have started to ask a little bit more up front, you know, so what do, you, what do you want out of this? Because you get to it pretty quickly with the guys who are just like, oh, so when are you coming over? Mm, well, I'm not going to come over to your house because that is really unsafe and definitely not. I think if you're going with an open mind and a, an attitude towards it, that you will encounter shitty people, like you just will. You're going to encounter guys who all they want is a one-night stand. You are going to get ghosted. But as long as you go in with the right intention about how you want to act and what you're looking for and be really honest with yourself, I think a lot of people might turn around and say, like, oh, I'm just looking for something casual. That's why I'm using the apps. I think it's okay to say, like, oh, I'm actually, like, looking for, you know, somebody to spend time with I don't doesn't need to be serious immediately but that the moment that you start to really acknowledge within yourself what you're looking for and be upfront and honest with mm. the people that you're talking to you'll weed out the time wasters more quickly than you would if you are afraid to ask the question about you know why they're there and what they're in for I feel like if being a lawyer doesn't work out, you've got a future in as a dating coach for <laughs> yeah. sure. Everything that you said is just like I think that's I spoke to a dating coach and that was like all you've ticked every box off there. <laughs> 
Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, and and I think trying to find other pe- single people who are going through this process mm. and supporting each other through it. Like there's no need to sort of like, I don't want to say like suffer silently, but, you know, you're not the only person who is matching with complete dickheads. Mm. And I, I have faith because my best friend's just had a baby with a guy she met four or five years ago on Tinder and out of all of her ex-boyfriends, he was the most normal. So I have faith that, you know, there is good stuff out there. Well, on that note, I have to thank you so, so much for joining me today. I have loved this convo. Um, I love what you're doing. It is the content that we need. Can't wait to keep hearing about the journey. Thanks so much. So, Linda, you've had a listen and it's brought back some memories of your dating life 35 years ago. I know. I've got such a terrible memory, but I really like the story of the date where after a great date, the guy made the bed the next morning and that sounded very promising. So it was a real shame to hear that he followed that up with ghosting her. Yes, yes. And so so that brought um, back a memory. By the way, just to give you some of the lingo, it's, then he ghosted her, not he followed up by ghosting with, her. <laughs> can't get with the ghosting. I, I have no idea what it is. <laughs> okay, Boomer. <laughs> the bed bit but not the ghosting actually happened to me on an early date with Dad. You were ghosted? No, I said the bed bit, not the ghosting. Oh, okay, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I, I can't relate I like, to ghosting. Did Dad ghost you? That, that doesn't no, sound no, right. No, 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 no. No. So he stayed over and the next day the bed was kind of made, but because, as you know, I like to make the bed like a hotel, I pulled the doona back to start again and there hiding underneath was a bunch of flowers. So how nice is that? They were from the service station up the corner, but full marks for the gesture. But my most memorable and stressful date was actually a secret adventure and I was left a cryptic handwritten note one Saturday morning and it said something like, go to the classifieds in the Herald Sun and you will find your first clue. Where was he at this point? You don't know who it is. I said my most memorable date could have been anyone. In the paper was a message for me and I can't remember all the destinations but I had to go on a wild goose chase across town picking up (laughs) new notes and gifts and then sorry to say this to you, Hannah, but the final clue was at an underwear shop. Sorry, (laughs) no joke. And in the bag there was another note, go to the Park Hyatt Hotel Aww. And ask for, no, not O, oh, ask for Mr. Longfellow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, so, shut- Sorry, this is so inappropriate for you. But by this stage, I was in a complete muck sweat. You know how I like to sweat. And I can't go on with this story. Suffice to say that the international man of mystery was, in fact, Dad. Oh, <laughs> I later found out that he um, had actually got this idea from a book, not his own head, and you could actually link it in the notes because it's been yeah. going on for many, many years. It has sold millions of copies, so it must be good. And I so wish that I'd kept the book for the podcast research, but I chucked it out because I was really scared you girls might find it. And it is called 101 Nights of Great Sex. 2020 edition out now, Secret Sealed Seductions for Fun-Loving Couples. I cannot believe you haven't told us that story before. 
I too embarrassing. I can't believe I'm telling it here. I so it was too embarrassing to tell me on my own, but it's not too embarrassing <laughs> to tell thousands of listeners. I'm so old now. I don't care anymore. Well, it's really nice to know that my dad refers to himself as Mr. Longfellow. Dude. But anyway, <laughs> that actually really reminds me. I did a similar thing with my ex-boyfriend, Tom. He took me on this wild goose chase around Melbourne. He like left clues everywhere. But now I'm thinking that he must have got the idea either from that book or from dad. Oh, I think that book was long gone. <laughs> I know. So Tom took me to like, I remember one of the clues was at our first date place. One of the clues was at the first place we went to have dinner. Like it was kind of similar. Similar, but sounds maybe a bit less stressful than mine. I remember mine was very stressful. That's just because you get stressed easily. <laughs> I think <laughs> if Linda has three people over for dinner, she is a mess. Oh, <laughs> well, I like to be organised. That's what I say. So Emma actually reminded me of one of the most romantic dates I've ever been on. When I was listening to her story about skinny dipping, I was like, Oh, that's so romantic, except that it didn't go anywhere. So I think the best story that I have that is romantic that, you know, just fizzled out was I was in New York and I went on this Hinge date. No, no, no. Hinge must not have been around back then. must have been Tinder. And we met at a bar in the West Village, which just standard date, nothing out of the ordinary. But it was going quite well. So he said... He was actually Swedish, very tall, very good looking. And he said, do you want to come to, because we're in Manhattan, do you want to come to Brooklyn? So we got on a train and he took me to like a bar in Brooklyn where the view was over Manhattan. It was like, it was nice. And then he was like, I've got the best view of Manhattan at my apartment. I was like, yeah, sure. Heard that one before. So he took me there and actually it was the best view of Manhattan. It was amazing. You walked up to the roof, which had fairy lights. And then there was this big, massive, it must have been 20 feet high, this like big concrete platform. And it was probably like two meters by two meters. So it wasn't very big. Okay. So there is no way I would go up on that. I would be thinking that he was going to throw me off the edge. You can even know <laughs> of him, course. you crazy girl. I, I know, I am crazy. What about when I went to the desert with the Israeli guy? No way would I do that. So there was a ladder and so you took the ladder up the concrete platform and you'd sit on the platform and we had a couple of beers. He took a few photos of me. That was even before I was in content. So I asked him to take some photos. I've actually got them. I'll share them on my Instagram and we watched the sunrise over Manhattan. His apartment was in um, Greenpoint in Brooklyn and it was absolutely, and we were making out, it was so romantic and he didn't throw me off the building. <laughs> and so did that lead to seeing him again? I did see him again, but first dates can be a little bit misleading because I feel like there's something about them that you, I've been on so many good first dates and I've been on so many bad second dates. And what I realised after that first really romantic date, I probably thought he was my soulmate. Oh, and he, that'd be right. He basically didn't laugh at any of my jokes. Not that I think that I'm hilarious. No, that's a no-go. <laughs> Different senses of humour does not work. I would make a joke and he would literally just stare at me blankly. No, that's the end of that. We are looking for someone with a, what did we say? Not with a sense of humour. 
uh, doesn't take life too seriously. Exactly. Maybe he was serious, which is fine. And Joe, who some listeners may know, she says that every single guy on Hinge has in their bio says wants a girl that doesn't take life too seriously. And she says she takes life very seriously. So she doesn't understand (laughs) what that means. Still, she is funny. Well, I said to her, I think that doesn't take life too seriously actually means that they want someone with a sense of humour that can laugh at themselves. That's what I. That's how I take it. Exactly. If you enjoyed this listener episode and you liked hearing someone else's story, because most of the time we have experts on, let me know, hit me up on Instagram and we can do some more of these. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs> if you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything. See you next week.